It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side. Here with Brian Cat Captain Zero and Paul Pick. And you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Spreaker, iTunes, and on YouTube. I'm excited about this segment because we're talking about one of the Dolphins' greatest strengths on their team, and that's the wide receiver and tight end spot. Ryan Tannehill is definitely no short of weapons here this season. And, Paul, the big talk of the summer has been Devontae Parker, who has had a, an okay first two years but has been hurt and or under underachieving for most of it. But he's really been hurt dating back to his final year at Louisville. He seems to be the talk so far of OTAs and minicamp. Yeah, it's for me, the biggest thing, and I know the injuries have been an issue. I know one of the things that Gase has credited was the fact that, you know, he didn't have the best work ethic, which I don't think is a secret to any of us. And his lackadaisical effort at times over the past two years has been a problem. I mean, you look at the first five games last year, probably four or five of Ryan Tannehill's interceptions last year can be directly attributed to a lackadaisical effort by Devontae Parker. But then you look at the games where he turned it on and you saw a dominant wide receiver. And if you have a Devontae Parker that's turning it on in practice, turning it on in the weight room, turning it on in the classroom, now you've got that guy that's even more prepared to be that special player more and more often, which you combine that with Jarvis Landry, you provide, you combine that with Kenny Stills and the host of other wide receivers that the Dolphins have on the roster right now. He could be a very special player that's going to command some double teams and open things up for other players down the stretch this season. So I'm really excited to see once the pads go on what he's able to do. Parker physically is a player who can just roll out of bed, get on the field, and put up a 100-yard game. That's the type of guy that he is. And we saw that last year a few times. I mean, it seemed like every time Devontae Parker was really about to start breaking out, he had a couple of games where he disappeared a little bit. But it's encouraging to hear now that he's he's shining in camp. He, he's looking like not only the physical specimen, but also a professional. Keep in mind, this guy's only 23, going on 24 years old. But at the end of the last two seasons, the guy that we've seen – producing is Jarvis Landry and Jarvis Landry more catches than any other wide receiver in the history of the sport in his first three seasons you know I and I've I've caught some heat on Twitter because I've been pretty vocal about my stance that now I'm not going to pay this guy 13 or 14 million dollars a year because I I feel that if Parker breaks out and is a 1200 plus yard receiver you're going to be looking at Jarvis Landry and thinking "Eh." Was he worth that amount of money? But nobody can doubt his heart. And, and two, Paul, I, th- I think this might be the best wide receiver in the NFL after the catch. Jarvis Landry is a guy that he's going to get his catches. We all know he's going to get his catches. But if Devontae Parker can emerge like we were just talking about, you're going to see scenarios where Jarvis Landry has even more opportunities to do something special. And, and I have to say, going back and looking at footage last year, there's almost no more vicious blocking wide receiver in the NFL than Jarvis Landry. And I'm not talking about that one kind of cheap, kind of not hit against Buffalo. You look back at footage last year of Kenny Stills making catches, Devontae Parker making catches. You'll see Jarvis Landry, you'll see Kenny Stills, and and even Devontae Parker at times starting to catch on with it, flying around trying to pick people off the guy that's got the ball, whether it's Ryan Tannehill running, whether it's Jay Ajayi running. 
And, and Jarvis Landry is one of the most vicious blockers. Reminds me kind of Heinz Ward in a way with that. So, I mean, it's there's a lot of special things. You, you tell me Jarvis Landry signs for $12, 13000000 million, I'm good with that. Yeah, that that would be my ceiling. I, I'd even prefer to go a little bit lower, but I think the fan in me is going to think, okay, I'm glad we just got this guy back on the contract. Uh, anyway, we, we've talked about Landry in his contract situation and other segments, so we'll move on. Kenny Stills, too, I mean, you look at his receiving numbers, and, and you look at it and you say 700-and-something yards last year, but I'll tell you what, every one of those yards mattered so much. I mean, Hey, you're talking about when, when the Dolphins got down the stretch, when they went 9-1. and one. And four of those games, in very tight contests, Kenny Stills had had touchdown catches of over 39 yards. $8 million a year, it is a lot. You know, it, the question I start to ask, too, right now is, are there enough footballs to go around? Honestly, Kenny Stills is not going to be your 100-catch-a-year wide receiver. I'm totally cool with that. That's not his role. But you look at what we were just talking about with Devontae Parker. If he does turn it on this year, commanding double teams. You look at Jarvis Landry, the number of catches he has. He's going to see a lot of looks from the safety over the top, especially given the fact that he's one of those guys that's going to break that first tackle, make that first guy miss. So safeties are going to be keying him. You're going to have Julius Thomas out there kind of tying up linebackers. And the forgotten man here is going to be Kenny Stills, a speed receiver that's coming into his own, that's going to be 99 times out of 100 as the season goes on, out there on an island alone against possibly the number two corner for a team. This is a season that could be even more special for Kenny Stills if Devontae Parker can break out. That's the best thing that could happen to Stills is Devontae Parker breaking out because now you've got Kenny Stills lined up against your number two or three corner for the other team. Typically, that's not a speed corner that can cover a a speed player. So you're going to see Stills make some very special game-breaking plays repeatedly down the stretch next year. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kenny Stills, like, like you said, he's not the overall well-rounded receiver, but y- you watch a game last year like like what he did against Buffalo when he went up, went down the field, caught a pass, broke a tackle, takes it to the house, Dolphins clinch the game. Very few players in the sport have that type of just pure deep speed, and, and that's what the Dolphins re-signed Kenny Stills for. And I think the overall strategy this year at the receiver spot is, hey, let's get these guys one-on-one, and you can't cover all of them. And that, that's what this trio really represents. Leontay Carew, I'll tell you, I, I, it's, it's an interesting debate of whether or not this guy is a lock to make the team. I think you draft this guy in the third round by the same regime that he is a lock to make the roster, but he only caught three passes last year. I, for sure, was in the third and fourth round of the NFL draft this past year, Paul, was cursing Leontay Carew. Because the Dolphins could have had another third and a fourth round pick, but they had traded it the previous year to get Carew. Yeah, Carew's a guy that I really liked the pick at the time. I, I thought he was a poor man's Jarvis Landry, which if we could have that as a number four or five player, uh, I'm okay with. But I don't think he's a lock to make this team going into this, this offseason. I don't think anybody behind the big three is technically a lock to make this team. You look at the endorsement that Gase gave him, the, the lukewarm endorsement, which is like, well, we tried to use Carew a couple of ways last year. I think I finally figured out ways we can use him and he can be effective. That's not a ringing endorsement. And then you look at some of the other guys they've got on the roster. Jakeem Grant, I know he had his struggles as a rookie, but he's a guy that could do some special things in the right scenario. You've got Isaiah Ford they drafted in the seventh round as an absolute steal. You've got guys like Stringfellow and Owusu sitting out there that – were special players Miami managed to get his undrafted free agents, 
And then Rashawn Scott, who has been the dar- another darling of the, the padless preseason. Um, so there are a lot of guys on this team that are going to be clamoring for that fourth and fifth spot, maybe sixth spot, but most likely you know, five receivers for this team. Yeah, and I think there's too much talent to not keep six. I mean, because Isaiah Ford, Jakeem Grant, and the undrafted free agents, I mean – these three undrafted free agents uh, that you, you, you touched on, Stringfellow, Owusu, and also Drew Morgan, these are big kids that can run. I was surprised all three were not drafted. I was actually hoping the Dolphins could spread out the undrafted free agent value a little bit to other positions, but it's going to be intense. I mean, it's going to be nine or ten deep here throughout training camp, and we're going to get a good look at all of them because you only have one cut-down date from 90 to 53, not 90 to – 65 and then to 53. So yeah, it's, it's interesting, but I'll tell you what, Jakeem Grant is an interesting one because this is somebody in the final nine games of the season, Paul put the ball on the ground five times. He recovered several of those muff punts, but I I don't know. I mean, I I start to think if Jakeem Grant does not start to show some positional value or be able to hang on to the football, he may be gone. He might be, but you know what? A lot of rookies, especially ones that kind of got thrown into that punt return role, had some issues with fumbling the ball and went on to, to resolve those issues. By all reports, he's been working day in and day out with Matt Darr outside of the padless practices, fielding punts, fielding punts, fielding punts, fielding punts. Uh, you know, and he's a guy that you can't coach the special skills that he has. And regardless of whether he's returning punts, he's a guy kind of like Damian Williams is for the running backs. If you find those special roles that you can utilize him for, he may not see a huge number of touches a game, but when he's utilized in those roles, they're all going to be special touches. And you cannot put a value on what that can mean in terms of make or break for your season, whether it's a special season or a pretty good one. And uh, for me, there's too much talent there to really eliminate the possibility without another year out, out of Jakeem Grant. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I think that if you're talking about a player who's a former sixth-round pick like Jakeem Grant, who who showed the uh, the special ability to to change a game like he did when he had that that Titans return. I know the Dolphins didn't win that game, but uh, that and also one of the more underrated plays of the year is when Jakeem Grant uh, had a kick return back to their own for, to the Dolphins' own 45-yard line in the Bills win that put him into the postseason. It was uh, with what. 45 seconds left, Grant makes some Mm -hmm. amazing moves and then gets to the 45-yard line. And the Dolphins only have to complete two two first downs, get into field goal range, Franks kicks it through, and then they win the game in overtime. So, yeah, there is some special ability there, not for a lot of money. Paul, moving along to the tight end spot, Julius Thomas, not a signing I was particularly enthralled with, but I'll tell you, he does give the Dolphins some size at that tight end spot, especially in the red zone. Yeah, and before, just one last thing on the wide receivers before we move on to the tight ends here. One thing that a lot of people undervalue when it comes to Kenny Stills, I know everybody brings up Jarvis Landry as the heart and soul of this team. If you watch on the sidelines, the guy that's getting guys loose, getting guys to laugh, uh, seems to be, other than Ryan Tannehill, the only other player on the team that's super buddy-buddy with Adam Gase, it's Kenny Stills. He's the guy that gets these guys loose, gets these guys having fun. Jarvis is an intense player. He does some fun stuff. But Kenny's the guy that whether it's after Jarvis had that long touchdown against the Jets is making fun of the way Jarvis ran down the field and getting everybody having fun on that sideline. 
whether it's walking over to the sidelines when Gase isn't looking and shoving the guy and getting Gase to look up like, what the hell is this, and then start laughing. I mean, Kenny Stills has his own little niche in, in terms of being part of that heart and soul of the team. So I just wanted to kind of point that out before we moved on. As far as Julius Thomas, you know what? He's a great signing. He's a, he's a great – I know it was a trade, but I know they re-signed him, restructured his deal down a little bit. He's going to be a great asset to this team. There is a possibility, though, that he is not on the field as much as the other tight end they signed this offseason, which is Anthony Fasano. Best blocking tight end in football. You can go to Pro Football Focus for that, et cetera. This is a fanboy thing. Love seeing the guy come back. And he can catch the ball. And maybe he's not the special game-breaking seam threat tight end, but he makes a difference with the catches that he does make. And he's got he's best friends with, with Ryan Tannehill ever since Ryan Tannehill came into the league. Their wives are best friends. So they have a really good rapport amongst themselves. And then you may see Thomas come in and be that seam threat tight end. His blocking, let's face it, you, you might as well throw Kevin Hart out there blocking uh, as far as Julius Thomas goes. It's just a non-existent skill. He, he doesn't even get in the way <laughs> as far as blocking goes. So yeah. as far as blocking, he's going to be lined up in the slot occasionally. He's going to be moved around. He's going to create some mismatches. As far as blocking goes, he's not going to block anybody. So he may not see the field as much as Fasano. I, I think you're right on that, too. And, and a player that I wanted to see on the field more is Marquise Gray from last year. And the Dolphins thought enough of him to extend his contract at the end of the season. I would have been honestly fine with Fasano and Gray at tight end because they can both block and they both do their job. And, and I think Tannehill is not a great tight end thrower. I, I, I don't know if that's the correct terminology, but I, I would have preferred to not spend that money on Julius Thomas, spend it at on other positions. But, you know, no doubt about it, you can spread the field and, and potentially get some mismatch problems with Julius Thomas. This is a player that caught 24 touchdowns over two years, several years ago. So, Paul, taking a look at the wide receiver and tight end spot, these weapons for Ryan Tannehill, how do you grade the position? Well, before we do that, though, I do want to say one thing. I like Marquise Gray. I'm, I'm completely with you there. I think he's going to see a little bit of a niche role this season, just like Damian Williams, just like Jakeem Grant. But don't underrate the possibility of Thomas Duarte, kind of a forgotten pick from last, last season in last year's NFL draft. Spent a season on the practice squad. Rumors were they were thinking about bumping him up periodically. And, and he's a guy that did some good things in college, so could potentially throw into that mix. And I know if you, what you were pointing out about being a tight end thrower, as you put it, I can't fully discount him on that because if you look back when Jordan Cameron especially was in the starting lineup playing more of your – kind of seam threat, kind of traditional tight end. There were a lot of plays where he was hitting Jordan Cameron in the face, the hands, the chest, you name it. And no one can be a great passer to the tight end when over and over again, your tight end's getting hit in the face and then the ball's popping down to the turf. Uh, so, you know, for me, it, it'll be nice to see what he's able to do with a good stable of tight ends as opposed to whatever the hell he had at, at that point in time. So, yeah, I, for I'm me, miss Deion Sims a little bit. But, yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you on that overall. I mean, it's because it, Jordan Jordan Cameron, hey, the, the guy retired because of concussion issues. He was a disappointment here, no doubt about that. But where Jordan Cameron lost me is when he said, you know, I don't think a lot of NFL players actually really like football. Like, speak <laughs> for yourself. I mean, <laughs> somebody who came in basically collected a paycheck and called it a day. You know, Cameron's a millionaire for the rest of his life. Good for him. 
Glad we don't have to mention him again on this show. So, Paul, how do you grade uh, the wide receiver on tight end spot? I, I think this is the strongest and deepest position on the team. As much as I love the running back position for this team and the depth there, for for me, wide receiver and tight end is actually an A+. Plus. I think this is a, a, a group that as they develop over the next couple of years together, most likely, could turn into the best in the NFL as far as skill position players, the best grouping out there. So, bravo, absolutely an A-plus for me. Wow. A-plus. I'm going to go with a B-plus. I mean, I okay. I think it has the potential to be an A-plus, but I look at Julius Thomas and I look at Devontae Parker and say, okay, if they play at their peak performance and stay healthy, I think they can earn that grade. But they haven't mm-hmm. quite done it yet. And from that point, I start to say Jarvis Landry's your number one receiver which is a good thing, but he's also a slot guy. So I, I, I still want to see a little bit more being proven out of these units. But what I do like is you can go three wide with the Dolphins at, at, at receiver with one tight end. You can go two tight end. You can uh, go two wide receiver, one tight end, and get a Shai and Kenyon Drake on the field at the same time. A lot of different options for the Miami Dolphins. There are a lot of different options for you as well as a fan to follow us on the fin side on Twitter, Facebook, Spreaker, iTunes, and on YouTube. And if it's not on the right side and it is not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us out. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.